Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Your identity is in your maker. You see, in Jesus, you will find completion. In Jesus, you will find your true identity, your real identity, your real purpose. You're not going to find it in any other place. And I think that today we are living in that climate where we've got to get Jesus and his message, his truth in front of people. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Acts, chapter 17, verses 1 through 15, in a message titled, Reasoning from the Scriptures. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Wherever you start in the Scripture, just make a beeline for Christ and the cross. Where, wherever you start, make, make sure you end up with Jesus. And that is exactly what Paul did. So when it says that he reasoned from the scriptures, specifically he was reasoning from the scriptures about Christ. And, and that is our message to the world. That's, we have got to get the message of Jesus. We've got to get, again, when we talk about getting the gospel to people, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about presenting Christ to people. And once again, I would say in a world that's gone mad and people will argue to the death in support of their position and people are irrational and, and blind, you know, just, you know, we're, this, this is what I was starting with. We're, we're at a point where, where the, the thing that, you know, seems rational the thing that seems reasonable, like two plus two equaling four. Today, we live in a culture today that says, no, no, it's not four. We don't care what, we don't care what it adds up to. That doesn't matter. So how do you deal with that? Well, this is where, again, God's word, but specifically Christ we have to keep, we have to bring Jesus into the picture. And that's what Paul did. And notice what he spoke to them about. He spoke to them about the Christ having to suffer and to rise again. So what, what would be included in that? Now, this is undoubtedly just a summary of what Paul talked about. But when, when it says that he spoke to them about the Christ having to suffer, what is that about? Well, there's two things, at least in that. Number one, it would be Christ had to suffer because we are guilty sinners who are condemned and Christ was taking the punishment we, we deserve upon himself. That's part of what it means that Christ had to suffer. He suffered in our place. We, we are guilty. And again, you know, as we're sharing the gospel with people, we cannot leave out the part about guilt there's a big temptation today to kind of stay away from the shame and the guilt stuff. In other words, you know, we don't want to talk to people about their sin, maybe, or, or just sin in, in general. Uh, we don't want to talk to people about guilt, but Jesus died because of sin. He died because we are guilty. 
And so when Paul tells them about Jesus, this is what he starts with, that he suffered. He suffered in our place. He died the death that we deserve to die. But it also speaks of his love. So the suffering speaks of both things. It speaks of my guilt and the need for a substitute, but it speaks of Christ's love in that he loved me so much that he willingly gave himself for me. And so this is the message that we share as we share Christ, that yes, we're guilty. We're all sinners, but God loves us and he proved his love. He demonstrated his love for us in that while we are sinners, Christ died for us. So he preached about the suffering and about the resurrection of Christ. You know, I think it's so important when we're talking to people that we just somehow remind people of their mortality. You know, again, it's like in the delusional world that we live in, somehow people have just so far pushed out of their minds the idea that death awaits them. But it it really does. And of course, that is that dark reality that that people don't want to think about. They they don't want to face it. They don't want to consider it. But it's true. Everyone's going to die. But here's the great news. Jesus conquered death. He conquered death. He rose from the dead. And that was Paul's message as well, that, that Christ died for our sin. He took our guilt upon himself. He did it because he loved us. And then he rose up from the grave to conquer death. Now, all of this Paul is using to point to Jesus as the Christ. And as we're looking at these three things, the suffering of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, and the, I guess the lordship of Christ would be a, probably the best way to put it. Because Christ, you know, the, the word Christ means the anointed one. So he's the one that God sent into the world as the anointed one to save the world, to save people, to, to basically save the cosmos, to save the, the whole thing. That, that's what Jesus came to do. And so as we talk about reason with people about Jesus, reminding them that he is the Christ. And what that means practically is that all things, Paul says this to the Colossians, all things were made by him and for him. In him, all things consist and are held together and you are complete in him. You know, I think of the, the crazy confusion that people live with today. I was talking, Cheryl and I were visiting some friends a couple nights ago, and uh, she works in a, she she does this therapy for troubled kids that come from all over the country to her particular thing. She works with horses and she does therapy for troubled kids. And she said she has never seen anything like it. She said one in every like six kids is like their issue is a transgender issue. So, you know, she just said, I've, I've never seen anything like the, the mass confusion that is existing in the minds of children today. And, you know, this particular issue is at the root of it. It's an identity thing. People are trying to find their identity. They, 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 you know, they don't feel like they're, 
really what their biological sex tells them they are. They, they feel differently. But you know, the message that we have for those people is that your identity is in your maker. You see, in Jesus, you will find completion. In Jesus, you will find your true identity, your real identity, your real purpose. You're not going to find it in any other place. And, and I think that, again, today, we are living in that climate where we've got to get Jesus and his message, his truth in front of people. So we reason from the scripture. We reason with them about the person of Christ, his substitutionary death, his love that motivated him to die, his resurrection and victory over the grave, and the fact that he made us he has a plan for us. Our true identity is to be found in him. Now, this is what Paul did in Thessalonica. Now, remember, as we read the story, there was an uproar that took place, and Paul ended up having to leave Thessalonica, and he then went to Berea. And in Berea, it says this. It says that the Bereans, they were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So I, I want to just take that searching the scriptures. Because what the Bereans did is what we need to do. We're called to get the gospel out. We live in an irrational age. We've got to get the message of Jesus to people. How do we do that? Well, Again, we've got to know the scripture. How do I know the scripture? I, I've got to search the scriptures myself. You have to search the scriptures. We, we cannot allow for biblical illiteracy within the church. Because the reality is, the church is the place where the answer should be. God has, has left the church in the world with a message. We, we have the answers. Sometimes I read these, some of these guys who, you know, they want to talk about how the church, you know, they, they just kind of have a bad attitude toward the church. So they're, you know, the church is arrogant. The church thinks it knows everything. The church should be asking more questions and not trying to give so many answers. Well, I think not. <laughs> we're, we're here to give answers, not to ask questions. You can ask questions along the way if you want to. Sure, you need to ask questions. You need to find out things and know where people are at and all of that. But at the end, uh, you better have an answer. And we're supposed to have an answer. And that's what the Bible tells us to do. Sanctify the Lord in your heart and be ready always to give every person a reason, an answer for the hope that is in you. And so we can do that only if we ourselves are committed to searching the scriptures. And some of these surveys that I was looking at about the biblical illiteracy within the church, you know, it's various percentages, but a relatively high percentage of people who read their Bibles only occasionally. You know, maybe... Um, in some cases, once a week. But in most cases, I think the highest percentages were people that, that opened their Bible maybe once a month. 
Now, I'm assuming that that is not the case with us, but whatever the case might be in any of our lives, we need to be people who are devoted to God's word. We need to get God's word into us. And as we do that, we're going to be able to get it out to those who need it. And so we search the scriptures. How how do we do that? Well, four quick things. I've shared these before, but let me just touch on them again. Let's just start with reading our Bibles, you know, reading the Bible. You know, culturally, actually, our, our culture is becoming more illiterate. People hardly read these days. And I mean, to some degree, you can understand it, right? We've got all this electronic stuff. We got all of the right at our fingertips. We've got access to you know, films and, you know, um, but there, we are becoming a a culture that reads less and less. And that is especially true when it comes to the scriptures. So we need to read the Bible because as you read it, you're just getting yourself accustomed to the story. You're getting familiar with the story. And so reading is to me, reading is just, it's, you know, it's kind of a surface level thing. It's not all you do, but you start there, just, but you get to know the general picture of scripture, the, the general plot line. You, you're kind of looking at the forest. You're getting to familiar with the, the forest, but then you meditate, which is looking a little more specifically, obviously, uh, if we're using the forest analogy, meditation is looking more closely. Uh, the word meditate found in Psalm 1, blessed is the man of the woman whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, they meditate day and night. That word literally means to, it means to chew it over. It was a word that referred to what the, the cows or the sheep would do. They would chew the cud. And, you know, they, you know, the cow has seven stomachs and, you know, the cow chews digest, regurgitates, chews some more, digest, regurgitates, keeps doing that to get all of the, the nutrients out. So that's the picture behind meditation. So you're, you're thinking about it. You're, you're pondering it. You're talking it over. It, that's a, another idea behind meditate is to talk it over or talk to yourself about it. Talk it over with yourself. Talk it over with God. Studying. God's word. There's just slight differences here. Meditation can be study, but study is where you're actually, you know, you're, you're maybe involving some additional tools, like some word studies or some background or a commentary or something like that. And then the memorization of scripture. David said, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. He said, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And as as we take God's word and as we read it and meditate on it and study it and memorize it, it tremendously impacts our own lives. But then it also prepares us for the mission that God has given us to reason with people from the scriptures because we know what God's word says. Now, a few weeks ago, I, um, you know, I do this little video program called uh, Things That Matter where I interview different people. And uh, I interviewed 
our Bible college director. His name is Andy Dean. And Andy wrote a book, and he actually teaches a class at our Bible college on the, the subject of like studying the Bible. So he wrote a book about it. So we had, we had a conversation about it. And you can find that at calvarychapel.com if you want to watch the whole 30-minute uh, interview. But at, at the end of the interview, Andy was telling me a couple of methods that he's used in studying scripture that have really been helpful to him and, and a blessing to him. And one of them really stood out to me. And so I, wa I want to share it with you just as something to consider, because we're talking about searching the scriptures, studying the scriptures. You might be saying, I know that. I, 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 I understand that I need to do that. How do I do it? Well, let me give you one example of how you might do it. Now, you need a Bible, you need a pen, and you need a notepad. And then here's, here's the method that Dandy shared with me, the one that impressed me the most. If you were to take three chapters a day, just, just three chapters a day, and read through three chapters a day, uh, for one, it would take you just a little more than a year to get through the entire Bible. So the goal here isn't necessarily to get through the Bible in a year, but that it would take you just a little more than a year to do that. But, but here's the thing that you do. So three chapters a day in your journal. For each of those chapters, you take one verse, one verse from each chapter, and you write it down in your journal, and then you just write down a, a brief paragraph on what that verse says, what it says to you, how it's speaking to you. So if you do that, in one year, you will have meditated on over 1,000 verses. I mean, that to me is pretty amazing to think about. Wow, meditating on a thousand verses. And, and it's up to you. You're, you're reading through the chapter, and you know, there's something in that chapter that just stands out to you. You just write it down. And you know, when you write down a, a verse, or you know, for me, when I write down anything, it helps me to retain it better. But so, so you take that, and then you know, you've got this journal. So at the end of the time, at the, by the time you make your way through your Bible, you have got a thousand verses that you've written down your thoughts on. And that, I think, will go a long, long way in helping you, not, not only be, because the word of God is living and powerful and it's going to do something in you, but like I said, it's going to help you when you get into a conversation with your coworker, when you are out in the community and you're, you're talking to somebody or when, it, when an opportunity comes where somebody comes to you and says, hey, I've got this going on in my life. Can you, what, what, do you, what does the Bible have to say about it? So I, I think that, again, this is not the only way to do it, but it just seems to me like a, an easy way to uh, approach kind of meditating on scripture. And now, you know, maybe, maybe two chapters a day would be would be better for you. I'm not saying you have to do three. I'm just giving you the, the stats on if you do three. But, you know, so maybe it's two chapters a day. You know, maybe it's a chapter in the morning before you kind of get out into your day. And maybe it's a chapter in the evening before you go to bed. I mean, we, we can do that. 
It's doable. It's, it's possible. And here's the reality. When you start doing that, you know what you're going to also start doing? You're going to say, you know what? I want, I, I'm not ready to finish yet. No, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit further because the word of God has that. It, it grabs hold of us. Now, I would just practically recommend this. Uh, if you've never read through the Bible, then I would recommend, if you're going to follow this suggestion here, I would recommend that you start with the New Testament. Start with Matthew and just do that. Two chapters a day, three chapters a day, whatever it is. If you miss a day, don't worry about it. Just pick up. You know, if you miss two days, don't worry about it. Just pick up. But get, get in the habit and keep going. But start in Matthew, go through the book of Revelation, and when you get to the end of Revelation, go back and start in Genesis. Some of you have been through the Bible. You've read it before, so you know, you can, you can start in Genesis. But for somebody who's never done this, somebody who doesn't have a, a real strong biblical foundation yet, start in the New Testament. And that's, that's where you want to initially get yourself established. So this is what the Bereans search the scriptures. We want to be people who search the scriptures as I said, we will tremendously benefit from it ourselves, and we will become a benefit and a blessing to others, and we will then be equipped to be used by God in this crazy, irrational, unreasonable age to speak the truth in love to people and to see people come out of the confusion and to see him come out of the irrationality, and to see him come out of the destructive uh, behavioral patterns that they're in, and to come into uh, a new life in Christ. God's word plays a massive role in our lives as Christians from start to finish. And so whether you're just getting started or you're just getting finished, you want to just hold fast to God's word all the way through. And so as we close, one final thing, let me just take a quick moment and reason with some of you, maybe just even one of you, but maybe there's somebody here today and you're not a Christian. And so let me remind you of what I said earlier. You need your sins forgiven. Your sins are what's wrecking your life and perhaps the lives of people all around you. Your sin is what's keeping you away from God. God's, this is the picture the Bible gives. God's ear is not plugged up that he can't hear. His arm is not too short that he can't save, but your sins have separated you from God. And Jesus, he died to remedy that. He died to take sin out of the way so we could come into a relationship with God. And he did that because he loves you. The son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. That's how much God loves us. People say, well, I don't know. I don't think I believe in a God of love. Well, God said that he would demonstrate his love for us. And this is, this is how he would do it. He would give his son who would give his life. And Jesus said, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. He loves you. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose for your life, your identity, whatever it is you're searching for, it's all waiting for you there in a relationship with Christ. So open your heart to him today. 
the month of May, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled A Woman's Battle for Grace by Cheryl Broderson. Have you ever found it difficult to receive, keep, and maintain grace? Without grace, there's constant condemnation, fear, and anxiety. In her book, A Woman's Battle for Grace, Cheryl Broderson shares how all believers can find victory in the battle against grace. Cheryl points out the enemies of grace, but she also explains how grace gives power, forgiveness, blessing, and how it will enable you to live the abundant life that Jesus promised. If you want to live a life in the freedom of the grace of God, this book provides practical instruction to help and equip you. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order A Woman's Battle for Grace by Cheryl Broderson. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.